Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling and candidate Q&A so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 302 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I've been advocating for broader adoption of established digital marketing practices in recruitment marketing for a really long time now. With many talent acquisition teams now having to deliver results with reduced resources, understanding targeting and measurement in marketing has arguably never been more important. My guest this week is David Larson, Global Talent and Employer Brand Lead at Knauf. David has a really interesting background, having worked at Google and also spent time as an entrepreneur starting up and successfully exiting from a tech company. David has some great thoughts and insights to share on the role digital marketing should be playing in talent acquisition moving forward, particularly in terms of how employers define and understand their target audiences. Hi, David, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the invitation. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, same here. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, Well, uh, my name is uh, David and I'm working as uh, the Global Talent Attraction and Employer Brand Lead in uh, Knauf, an international company producing uh, uh, components for building buildings. Um, And previous to that, I've been working within HR and the HR tech for, for I think it's six, seven, eight years now. Um, so I've been doing this for, for quite a while. 
Fantastic stuff. Now you've you've had quite an interesting background in the in the talent acquisition space. Can you sort of just talk us through where you've worked and what you've done? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I started my career uh, with uh, with Google in their European uh, headquarters in in Dublin, actually, and started as a uh, as a strategist in an entry level role where. I primarily work with, uh, you know, digital marketing consulting and, and looking into business models and advising clients on how they could, uh, could optimize their business online. Uh, but after a year or so, I was so motivated to go into the people operations organization with Google and obviously recruit for, for, for one of the most, if not the most attractive, uh, employer in, in the world. So I, I looked after, um, talent, uh, attraction and acquisition in the Nordic region, uh, at a university, uh, level. Uh, so for entry level roles, um, and had a great, uh, great journey there. Uh, fantastic organization with a lot of, uh, bright minds in there. Um, I then uh, moved back to uh, to Denmark, where I joined uh, Verisure, uh, which is an alarm company. I think it must be the second largest in the world uh, now. Um, it was a VC who had acquired a, uh, a Danish alarm company and uh, took it into their portfolio. Uh, and in Verisure, I basically um, worked in the HR and was building a, a recruitment team to do scale recruitment. It's, it was primarily a, a sales organization. And uh, I think uh, the target at the time were to grow the organization uh, eight to 10 times. So uh, a very uh, high level of, uh, of recruitment activities. Um, and I was, had a great team there and we, um, we, we, we set up the whole structure to be able to recruit a lot of uh, new salespeople uh, every month. Um, but uh, that kind of um, forced me to look into all of the great technology um, options that are out there in, in the HR market. So I actually uh, quit very sure to become an entrepreneur and, and worked in the HR tech uh, industry for, for a couple of years. I, I've been co-founding a job board called uh, Simply Job. It's like a Tinder-based uh, job board for blue-collar workers in Denmark. Uh, I've also been involved with uh, GraduateLand, uh, Europe's largest uh, job board for, uh, for young professionals. Um, and been holding, uh, you know, board member roles and advisory board roles, uh, within the startup, uh, world in, in the Nordics. Um, and yeah, today I'm, I'm with Knaup, which I'm really happy about. We have a lot of interesting, um, opportunities ahead. So, uh, really trying to, to support the organization in, in reaching the, the objectives and reach the full potential of, uh, of, of, of the company. I think that's really interesting because it is quite unusual for someone to have a background where they've worked in talent acquisition, they've been an entrepreneur, they've worked in recruiting tech, and now they're kind of working back in talent acquisition. What are some of the, the key lessons you've learned about talent acquisition from, from the kind of the background that you had? Well, I think my first uh, realization of uh, where and what I wanted to work with within uh, talent acquisition came when I was uh, looking for job opportunities in Denmark and wanted to move back from uh, from Dublin. And I interviewed with a couple of, uh, should we say, more old-fashioned companies in terms of HR. And uh, I actually came to doubt whether that was the way to go for me. Uh, but then I found out that there are a lot of companies going through a transformation within their uh, HR functions or people functions in general. So if you can combine the knowledge from digital marketing and from looking into a lot of different business models, if you can apply that into HR and, and talent acquisition, you will have a, a an advantage because 
the technology that um, is in the market right now uh, is quite new and the digital transformation in HR, uh, as I'm seeing it, is at an early stage. So if you're willing to um, use and adopt new technology and to use some of the great experience that you would have from a digital marketing function, uh, you can really uh, come into the war for talent with some competitive advantages. Um, so I think that's why I ended up in, 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 in that kind of career path. We'll come back and talk a bit more about digital marketing and technology a bit later in the conversation. Before we do, though, give everyone just a little bit of context and and tell us about the talent acquisition challenges that you're sort of facing up to in your current role. Well, so I think one of the one of the things that really uh, was attractive to me when when I was in the recruitment uh, process with with Knauf is that Knauf is a uh, company with a very strong culture and with a fantastic uh, history. And then I don't think it takes uh, a lot of minutes to look on, let's say, for instance, uh, LinkedIn and see how much we're doing there. We're not doing that much. Uh, so there's a huge opportunity to improve the setup that we're having. And I think one of the key challenges that, 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 that we're working on is really to tell what a great place uh, Knauf is to work for and how many opportunities that are in, a, in an organization with presence in, in more than 100 countries. Um, so, so it, you know, I think that's the key challenge for us. And then in relation to that, obviously also to find out how do we want to work with the best and uh, best technology to attract uh, the right candidates in the future. Uh, I think that Knaup, as any other business, is uh, is facing a lot of um, change in the landscape for talent. Uh, we're digitalizing uh, all over the uh, business and all over the world, so it obviously also um, um, raised the demand for, uh, for, 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 for new skills and for, for, for new colleagues around the world. You mentioned the digital transformation in HR and the, the the speed of change. Obviously, 2020 has been a somewhat unprecedented year in terms of everything that's that's happened. What changes are you seeing in talent acquisition that are being driven by the the pandemic and the the crisis that we're currently going through? Well, to to be honest, um, Matt, I actually think it's still quite difficult to tell because I think on the one side we have the the more practical challenges of, you know, either you would have typically before uh, the pandemic, you would have a physical interview, uh, but now most interviews are are uh, are being held online, right? So that's that's one of the practical challenges that we've seen now, uh, where we've seen many HR organizations try to accommodate the the the, the need for for being able to assess candidates online. One of the things that uh, when I'm looking back into my old industry, the tech industry, uh, one of the things that I can see is, uh, which is quite interesting, is that it's it's a new competitive landscape because more companies, especially in the tech industry, are offering more or less remote roles. So you came from a situation where one of the key assets for the big tech companies uh, around the, the different hubs uh, around the world was that they had amazing offices with amazing facilities. But with this uh, pandemic and with the development we've seen, we've seen some of the big tech companies offering uh, more or less remote roles. I think it's just one example that the competitive landscape and the, should we say, the, the unique selling points of the companies in the tech industry 
are changing because you will compete against a different, should we say, package that your competitors are offering the same candidates that you want to to approach. I, for me personally, I think it's still difficult to say what will happen, but uh, I think the practical is a very present uh, challenge in terms of how to assess candidates in the same way that you did before. And then also that the, the landscape, the, the compensation and benefit, the perks that are for the candidates, especially within some industries, uh, it is changing and you would need to uh, to react to that to 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 keep your competitive uh, uh, place in in a specific industry or market. I think that's really interesting and that's a really interesting point about the the tech companies that that sort of use their office as their as their selling point. I, I suppose as a follow up from that, talk us through your perspective on how you understand your target audience in talent acquisition. Yeah, I mean when already when when you're saying target audience, my my first thought is that um, when I see some of the, um, I don't know if I want to call them mistakes, but maybe where, where companies are not, uh, uh, you know, f- fulfilling their potential, is that it starts with not knowing uh, what the true employer value proposition is. What is the EVP? Uh, I'm very inspired by the definition of an EVP that it should lie within what your company offers, what the preferences of the target group is, group is, and then more importantly, where the competitors in the market are not having their strengths. Um, so I think both from working uh, as a supplier to, to corporates and also working internally with recruitment, sometimes uh, there's a misalignment between what you think you're offering <laughs> and what your competitors are offering and what the target group are, uh, are preferring. Um, so I think that's one key element to uh, to get right. It's it's usually a difficult process because you would need to um, to 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 kind of look at yourself from from the outside. You would probably also need to involve uh, candidates or external audience to have it verified that th- this could be your your EVP. So I think that's usually uh, where it starts. And I think the result of um, getting your target audience wrong is that usually it gets uh, either inefficient uh, recruitment activities or gets very it gets very costful because you're targeting job posts and employer branding to a target group that should maybe be adjusted so that's uh, that, that's that's one thing that I've definitely uh, seen and always try to avoid when when uh, when looking into it uh, myself um, the other thing that I think uh, is um, is is key is to use your internal people analytics uh, resources to, and knowledge about your well-performing and high-engaged employees to kind of create a target group uh, where you think you would be able to attract them. So it's one of the things that I've worked a lot with pr- uh, previously in my career to identify who are the high performers that are high-engaged uh, and how can we replicate their, should we say, skills and behavior to uh, attract um, the right talent. An example of how that can be done is by asking them, you know, why are you engaged in this workplace? Why are you happy uh, to work here? And also to look into why are they performing well? Um, and then you can kind of modelize around uh, who are they and how can we um, target them on job boards or with the, the digital marketing on social media or, or whatever. Um, because it, it's, I think it's very important for us in talent acquisition functions to change the perspective from saying that uh, we want talent to work for us and they have to 
go through this process to change the perspective and say, we would love to engage you with our brand and with our workplace, and we are willing to adapt uh, the process and the communication so that you find it attractive. You've mentioned digital marketing sort of a number of times as we've been talking. In your view, how should practices from digital marketing be influencing recruitment marketing? I know you've kind of mentioned 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 a few things, but could you could you kind of give us a bit more of a perspective on that? Sure. Um, and I think, uh, uh, sorry if I'm over mentioning it, but I think one of the key learnings that I had, especially from joining the people operations organization in Google was that when I looked around the table and the team that I joined, we had people with different backgrounds. So I came from the business, a few other colleagues there came from the business as well. Then we had some traditional HR uh, specialists and we also had some uh, data scientists or engineers uh, working in, in the people operations organization. And one of the first things that I learned there was that it's data, data, data. You need to understand why you're doing uh, the stuff that you're doing. So uh, the first thing really for me is that any recruitment process should be analyzed in the exact same way that you would analyze a customer journey. So a candidate journey, in my opinion, is not any different from a customer journey if you were to have a, an e-commerce webshop or whatever. You're looking to attract the, a candidate or a customer and you want to follow them through the whole uh, funnel uh, and journey until that you have either hired them or uh, have uh, told them that it might not be the, the, the right match. So that's that's one thing. Another thing that I've had um, great success with, both uh, from a, a marketplace uh, view, where when running a job board, you want to acquire users that you can then <laughs> help to apply for jobs with companies. Uh, so both in that aspect, but also as recruiting internally, if you're doing scale recruitment, a very low hanging fruit here is to use the technology that is present to uh, help you uh, replicate the applicants that are uh, engaging well with your content. So something like lookalike audiences that I think most digital marketing practices would know uh, and probably a lot better than me from, from Facebook or any other social media is something you can also use for recruitment if you are having a high volume of advertisement or candidate intake. Um, so, you know, looking into the candidate journey from a quantitative perspective, analyzing the data points, uh, and then to use the existing technology to help you, such as using the lookalike audiences uh, with uh, a platform like Facebook. And picking up on technology there, what do you see as the sort of the broader role of uh, technology and talent acquisition? I think um, it's the engine of the car. I think that's how I see it, um, because most of us working professionally with talent acquisition today, most of our uh, work is, uh, you know, creating a, a best in market uh, career page, making sure that it's fun and engaging content that is uh, that is there for the for the candidates. And again, the application form is, I hope, in 99.9% of the instances online today. So it is the engine of the car, in my opinion. And it is also uh, um, with technology, when you're talking talent attraction, talent acquisition, it's where you can affect uh, the cost and the efficiency. Um, uh, one of the big um, recruitment marketing uh, the, uh, tracking uh, companies, uh, uh, AppCast, they published a report where they mentioned that the difference between a bad performing 
career page and job post and a good performing uh, career page and job post, the, the difference between them in terms of cost is 300%. So if you build your engine well, uh, you can perform 300% better than uh, others in the market. I think that's that's uh, uh, that's one really important point. And then there's the other, you know, more should we say qualitative point that it's the first touch point for all employees. So I think if 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 you as a person are going on a date, you want to make a good first impression. You want to do that as well to the candidates and to the people you want to attract into your business. Um, and it is the technology that is going to power. Uh, the way that you look to candidates. So I think it's a very important role, especially in the attraction phase of a candidate uh, or employee journey. Final question. It's obviously impossible to to predict the future at the moment. Um, It's impossible to work out what's going to happen next week at the moment. But what do you think we'll be talking about in 18 months time? What would we be talking about if we if we were having this conversation again? Well, I think um, in in Knauf, I have the pleasure of working uh, globally. So uh, my experience is talking to different uh, suppliers and and uh, different uh, colleagues in uh, in the HR industry. It, it's very regional. So uh, please bear in mind that my scope will be, uh, I would say, a, a European view uh, because it's where I primarily uh, are looking at and suppliers and technology. Uh, one of the things that um, I've experienced within the last three to six months, which has been quite surprising for me, is how well some of the uh, chatbots, uh, recruitment chatbots based on AI te- technology are working. I remember attending uh, an HR tech conference, I think two years ago, uh, where uh, a supplier presented their chatbot and it looked to me basically like a a chat function where there was a uh, Excel sheet in the background replying specific things when a candidate wrote specific things. But the solutions that I've seen the last three to six months are very sophisticated, uh, very intelligent, and really provides a good uh, candidate um, experience and also providing a lot of efficiency for the recruitment function. Uh, One of the examples that I've seen is how a chatbot can assist a a candidate through the whole uh, recruitment process by providing uh, op- options to choose when you want to go to your interview. If you want to reschedule, you can do that with the chatbot. You are also being sent relevant content and material to prepare before the interview. And it, it was just a very, uh, yeah, I would say, sophisticated way of uh, working with a candidate and keeping them close and active in the recruitment process. So I really think that. Uh, uh, and, and I can see the chatbots are now adopted by the industries where it is very uh, scale recruitment. So it's the same kind of recruitments. They're using this technology now. But what I've seen, I definitely see that, that uh, solutions like this can be um, implemented in organizations where recruitment is not the key HR activity as well. Because not only does it uh, provide a good candidate experience, it's also making the, the work processes internally more efficient. So I have high expectations for that. David, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. My thanks to David Larson. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. 
You can search through all of the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.